With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Hi. Radio. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Queen's Conversations. You've been going through hard times, you just don't understand. You always give to others, but no one will lend a helping hand.
everybody. Welcome to Queen's Conversations tonight. I am your host, one of the Queens, Lakita, with my other two hosts, Ebby and Leah. And you guys, we have two special guests, Mr. Winfred Barnes, who is also the owner of Global Drive Network, and Pastor Rob McClish. Welcome, everybody. And I'll have the other Queens introduce themselves, starting with Miss Leah. Hello, hello, everybody. I am so glad to be back with you, Queens. I've missed you guys. Yay! Happy early Valentine's Day. Um, I bring you greetings uh, from Wichita today. I was just telling them I flew back home finally. I've been in Houston doing some work, so I'm dog tired, but I, I was so excited about this show, I couldn't let this opportunity pass. So, hello, everyone. Hello. Hey, so we're so happy you were able to join us. This is Abby, y'all. Hi, Abby. Hola, hola, hola. So I'm just so happy Leah's here, and we have our guest um, speakers today. I guess our, our guest conversationalists today, um, Pastor Rob yes. and Pastor Winfred. Uh, so I'm just excited. Um, just to get the different perspectives, especially the, the the male testosterone perspective on some of these things. So, yeah. very good, very good. So we have Winford on the line. Yes, ma'am. I am here. How are you? Hey, boss man. Hey, how y'all doing? Great. Good. We're doing. We're doing well. I don't think I've been called pastor in a while, so I just want to say I appreciate that somebody still recognizes that I know Jesus. <laughs> Come on, the right <laughs> reverend. <laughs> yes. So thank you so much for joining us tonight, and we are definitely ready to get things started. Do we have Rob on the line? Yes, I am here in full effect. All happy right. to be here with you, lovely ladies. I'm happy to hey, have Pastor. my wife back. What's up, boo? How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. We're so thank you so much for joining us, um, Pastor Rob. And um we are just excited about this show, you guys. Um Valentine's Day is coming up and we wanted to do a rendition. This is the love edition. Of Queen's Conversations. Thanks again. Thank you guys again for joining us. And we're going to go in and start with our hot topic. Mm-hmm. So it's February. It's Love Month, right? So we're also celebrating Black History Month. So how do you honor Black History Month? What are some things that we do to honor Black History Month um, with February? Let's start with you, Abby. Um, I would say uh, one thing that I, I've done in the past is um, I've asked like different people um, that I work with for some of their favorite civil rights um, quotes, um, and what we do is we gather them all up and we share them um, with our entire unit. Uh, I make like a a little display on the front of my team, and so as people walk by, they just stop and they just read them, and it's just amazing some of the the quotes that really speak to people's hearts, and uh, it really tells you just how how many allies we actually have in this fight. So that's one thing that I like to do from a, a more corporate, you know, standpoint. 
Okay. All right. Miss Leah? I um, actually, through Facebook, through social media, I do make a post every day just to give little fun facts of uh, parts of our history. And I try to do it on the day that it happened. So uh, there were a lot of inventions from people or, or some of our ancestors' birthdays happened to fall in the month of February. So I'll be sure to make sure that that day specifically is significant. Um, at our church for the month, uh, Pastor has us learning about uh, Africans in the Bible who contributed to uh, Christianity and history. So um, I love learning about history. I'm I'm really big on learning about culture anyway, so I don't do it just in February. I like to do it all through the year, and it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt that I went to an HBCU either. It's just sort of embedded in our DNA, especially being a part of a sorority and other organizations. So uh, I just I try to make it a point to use the month to educate those who don't know why there's a Black History Month, first of all, um, and to encourage people to learn about our history and not keep it, you know, separated or uh, <clears throat> or to make people feel like, you know, we have a special month and you don't, but just to share the history of why it was important for us to build uh, our own history so that people can learn, you know, where we come from. So love the month. That's, that's awesome. That's good. We need we need that and reminders all the time because we can learn a lot from everybody. So that is definitely cool. So, Pastor Rob. Yes, ma'am. I uh, I I try to shake it up every year. Um, this year, I, I've um, actually done research on the history of Black History Month, and so um, I'm from a believer that. You you learn more about where you are where you, when you've learned where you've been, and so uh, mm-hmm. I've been looking at that, and then also like my wife said, I've um, I've been looking at at blacks in the Bible because a lot of us don't realize the African influence on the Christian mind. There's actually a book called The African Influence on on the on the um, Christian mind. And so I've been looking at that, especially with all of the things dealing with uh, people saying that, that we serve a white Jesus and all those kind of things. I think that it's important that we learn how blacks have influenced the Bible and Christianity before post-colonialism. So those are some of the things I've been looking at and have been teaching during this season. Very good. Very good. Teaching and influence. That is always needed as well. So we can appreciate that. Mr. Burns. Yes, ma'am. Um, I think, well, a couple of things. I mean, usually, in, in, obviously, in our group, I try to do more uh, African history, kind of some of the same stuff that Rob, Rob uh, was talking about, and then also making sure that we highlight the importance of African Americans in the Bible, uh, because not only, not only uh, as he said, are we oftentimes unsure of where we are pre-slavery, but I think one of the biggest things we don't understand is because, for whatever reason, that we've been around since the beginning. And so I do a lot of, of mm-hmm. un- getting people to understand, just the ge- from a geographic standpoint, how um, how important, and not just for the sake of trying to, you know, be smart or be, you know, or, or be a conspiracy theorist about what the white man did and all that, but just to get people to understand that when, when God said that you are a royal priesthood of a holy nation, he was talking to everybody. He wasn't just talking to, 
talking to white people or, or you know, rich people, but he was talking to us. Like, we've been here. We've been a part of this. He had you in mind when, you know, when creation was, uh, when, when creation was spoken. So I do a lot of that during the month. Um, and then same thing, like, uh, uh, similar to what Abby said, you know, on my job, making sure that we have, um, you know, pictures and quotes and stuff like that for people to, you know, be able to read. And then usually the other thing that I do that I, that I started a couple of years ago is I started, I find a book. And this year, the book that I have, I found a book of speeches by Dr. King. Um, mm-hmm. And they were, you know, not just the regular speeches. So, you know, not like I have a dream, but other speeches that he's done that we don't quite hear about. And I just, you know, just read them. I just kind of spend some time reading them just to kind of, again, reacclimate myself to some of our leaders and the thought process they, that they had and that they had to endure, um, really just to celebrate the progress, to celebrate, um, you know, what they endured, but then also to remind myself of the responsibility that I have now in order to carry the mantle, since we do have the privilege of standing on the shoulders of such, you know, um, of such giants and such people, you know, such warriors. All right. That is cool. That's, that's good. And Martin Luther King definitely has some... Um lots and lots of um, speeches that um, I'm pretty sure that you are reading about and um, some of us will read about this for the first time. They're very informative. What an intelligent man he was. Um, as for me, you know, I, I'm trying to go to the, I was been trying to go to the Smithsonian and they won't give a sister no tickets. So <laughs> it's booked up. Everybody's going. I'm like, <laughs> it's good. I'm trying to go see my people. <laughs> I'm trying to see my people. They won't let me in. No, um, I heard maybe they have some, um, I think it's been booked up until May. But on a serious note, definitely going to local events in the city. Every city has, um, especially here in the city of Charlotte, um, our um, Gantt Museum hosts and has events. So you can um, call certain places and they'll tell you where to go. And I always just like to be active because even being from South Carolina, there's so many things you know, about our culture, especially where I'm from, that where um that I discover, you know, especially um more recently with people doing the twenty three and me. That's been very interesting to find out what tribe, what part of Africa, not say tribe, but what part of Africa our descendants are from, um, and what country. Even though it's, you know, a swab is genetic, um, you know, a kind of gives you a little sense of your DNA, how they closely match with other people in a part of the world. And South Carolinians has a big, uh, especially people in low country, uh, connection with Sierra Leone. So mm-hmm. it's been very interesting for me. So anyway, but it's it's definitely happy Black History Month to everybody. Yes, and, yes, um, yes. They will. Yes, they will. We encourage everybody to learn about um our history, it would have pertains definitely American history because we are American history and it's it's very informative. I learn something new all the time. Mm-hmm. So y'all, it's February Valentine's Day. I mean, what do you guys plan? Let's start with the couple, Leah and Pastor Rob. What y'all got going on over there? I'm gonna slide this answer to Pastor Boo because he don't ever <laughs> let me know when it goes. Well, we're, we're gonna go secret? to the. Uh, we're going to go to the um, basketball game in Oklahoma City to see the Warriors and the Thunder Ooh. play on Saturday. And Ooh. then um, 
Sunday. I want to I want to make it a whole uh, four day thing. So um, Sunday I'm gonna do something. Monday I'm gonna do something. Then Tuesday we're gonna go to go out to eat. So. Ooh, I'll take a bath. Oh, <laughs> very, very, <laughs> very nice. You know, I just want to make a quick, quick announcement. A little break, you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. The number to call in is nine two nine four seven seven twenty three zero four. If you have a comment or question, press the number one. And we can see that you are trying to dial in. Again, the number is 929-477-2304 and press the number one. And we will um, love for you to um, intermingle with us with any comments or questions. So, Pastor Rob, has, I have a, a date going on. That would be nice. So, so nice. It's, it's, it's nice, you know, to go out, especially you guys have busy schedules. So it's nice to have connection. Okay. Amen. So what are you doing for Valentine's Day? Um, Miss Abby? I'm still working on it, but um, I think I'm just going to just have, like, a little nice dinner plan for me and the girls. And um, But I want to do something special for each one. Um, I know maybe a little special treat. You know, my youngest has uh, a chromosomal disorder where she can't eat a lot of foods. And I found a bakery here in, in Dallas that actually um, creates uh, treats that she can actually eat. It, it doesn't, oh, it doesn't taste like what we normally eat. Yeah, so I was thinking of going mm-hmm. there and maybe get something, you know, heart-shaped or something like that if they have it, and just a nice little dinner and, you know, maybe read some scripture related to love to them and, you know, make it special, decorate the house. <laughs> That'll be our Valentine's oh. Day. Oh, that'd be nice. And that sounds like fun. Mommy taking get some dessert. That sounds fun. All right, Winford. What you got going on, Valentine's Day? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Win a big man. Mr. Win a big man. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Winford, are you still uh, showing that doggone expired milk milk jug for Valentine's Day? <laughs> I sure am. I am. I am. <laughs> No, I actually, uh, for Valentine's Day this year, I have the privilege of marrying somebody. Um, so oh. um, I, I have some, yeah, well, a couple who is getting married, and they asked me to marry them. Um, and that's what I'm doing for Valentine's Day. That's yeah. awesome. That's, that's amazing. Oh, mm-hmm. that is so beautiful. That's, that's nice. a good way to remember your anniversary. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and, and yeah. to get two and to get two for one presents too. Come on, worship. That is exactly how men think. Men think yeah. exactly. It's budget yeah. friendly. But it's listen, budget that's a money that's money mentor that's money mentor approved. That's my- <laughs> that's <right. laughs> and, and for those of you guys who don't know Mr. Winford Burns, he is the money mentor. Follow him on Facebook. Sign up for his um, his monthly. Um, you have like different little things going on about increasing your finances email and wealth. List. And he, mm-hmm. yes, email list. Please um, follow him. He has some great tips. So I still owe you a call, but. <laughs> 
with that with with mine, but definitely to um, help you uh, better um, work for your money. Okay. Yeah. Well, you you guys, I'm scheduled to work at Baby Factory, so I'll be working okay. and delivering babies. So all the people who was listening to Lusa and Maxwell and a little bit of Teddy P, um, I'll be delivering <laughs> their babies on Monday. Come so on that's my balance. <laughs> all right, I'll be at the hospital for 13 hours. So if y'all looking for me? I'll be at CMC in Charlotte. Okay. All right. <laughs> Delivering babies. Delivering so, babies. Our... <laughs> wow. All right, you guys. Thank you guys again for joining in. And um, so we're going to go ahead and get into this main deal, what we own for the five love languages. Yes. Has everybody read, has everybody read the book? Yes. Yes. Okay. About five times. What? About five times. Wow, wow. So you, I need you to host this part then. Shoot, I need you to host this. <laughs> and Winsor, have you read this book as well? I've read, I've read it twice. Yeah, I've read wow. it twice. Wow. Okay, well. Impressive. We're going we gonna to go into this and we're going right. to talk about. Say that again? So I'm, I'm, just, I'm trying, trying to get, get it right. right. For the listeners, before you guys move on, the book we're talking about, the title is called The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. And the author's name is Gary D. Chapman. You can find it on uh, shoot, wherever digital books are sold at this point. So Google, Amazon. Uh, I believe iTunes. Does iTunes have digital books? I, I believe they do. Um, if not, just I just book. find it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's well. I didn't. I didn't read the whole book. I had the book, but I read my love language. But we'll keep going into it. Um, I haven't been able to read the whole book. However, um, <laughs> from what I read so far, it's definitely good. So the five love languages: gifts quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch. So let's just start off with, with gifts. What is, when it comes to gifts and love language, did anybody have gifts as a love language? That would be me, mm-hmm. Mrs. Abby. <laughs> gifts is my love language, and it's, it's a powerful uh, language of mine, and I think I think of all the love languages, I think gifts is probably uh, one of the ones that's that's often misunderstood um, because people equate it with materialism, and that's not what mm-hmm. it is. It's really you really feel love because the person thought enough about you to get a gift uh, for you. Um, <clears throat> so it, it's it's not you know related to cost. It's more about the thought put into the gift, you know, to make it special. So it could be, you know, I've received my favorite pint of ice cream and thought that was a gift because it was unexpected and it was something I really wanted at the time, didn't even know it. Uh, but just the fact that he knew it was my favorite and went out his way to get it for me and surprised me with it, it was just very touching. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's misunderstood. People think, you know, it has to be expensive or extravagant. That's really not what gifts is about. Okay. All right. So 
Yours was gifts. So anybody had quality time as a love language? That used to be mine. I've taken this quiz. First of all, for the listeners who don't understand what these are, there are five specific love languages. So words of affirmation is one. It just particularly talks about how to affirm someone with words. Like, you know, you look beautiful today. I love you. Those are specific words of affirmation. Quality time means I want to spend time with you, and it can't just be me sitting next to you. It's, uh, you know, let's make sure that when we do spend time next to each other, it is something that we're doing that is intimacy, that we're in tune with each other, in tune with each other's conversation. Uh, Gift giving, I think Ebby spoke to that clearly. Um, Again, it's not materialism, but it's um, thoughtfulness and an effort behind the gift. Acts of service, uh, to answer the question, that is my top love language, and it changed because it was quality time. But acts of service is doing things for your partner that you know that they would like. So for me, if the house is clean, Shonda Bo. (laughs) (laughs) Or little things like, you know, if he listens to me and figures out that this is something that I really like and he does it, that's considered acts of service. And then the fifth one is physical touch, which is literally, you know, some people like to have their shoulders rubbed or, um, you know, a touch of the hand or, you know, touch the ear or the forehead. So those are just um, particular things. Just so you all know what all five of those mean. Okay. And I, I, I'd like to answer you. your question. I, I am the quality time guy. Uh, I used to be um, physical touch. Physical touch, uh, Lord. But I, <laughs> I have uh, I have evolved to quality time. Um, mm. Some some things have changed within me, so um, mm. mine is quality time. And then also I want to add with the physical touch, um, it, uh, Gary Chapman explains that as non-sexual physical touch because most mm-hmm. um, most men we communicate um, through sex and we think that it involves physical touch. But really, um, it's non-sexual physical touch that's, uh, that he's referring to when he talks about those five love languages. Especially, especially yeah. when, to, to piggyback, especially when you're dealing with, with, with the female because whereas, like you said, men are more expressive sexually, whereas for most women, I'm, I'm, I'm saying most, uh, it's the foreplay. So since, can we, wait, can we talk? We can talk, right? We can talk. Yeah, yes, we can. Okay. Yeah. We can talk. It's about the foreplay. And so I think why is what sometimes as men when we find somebody who is physical touch, we automatically assume that that means that they want a lot of sex. And it's not this it's not necessarily and that doesn't mean that they that that you don't want sex. It just means that that's not all it is. If you want the foreplay, you want, you know, your feet rubbed, you want to, you know, your back rubbed, you want, you know, that, you know, that kind of stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that is definitely, um, that's definitely true. I'll just go ahead and um, say with mine, my love language. And, you know, I, I am going to read the whole book, but I have so much reading to do. I was trying to finish this book before the show. But I read chapter uh, physical touch because that was my love language, and I definitely understand. Um, and I'm a very touchy person. I do love to be touched, and I, I got what he was saying about you know sometimes you want it to be non-sexual, 
But when he was like, oh, you know, if you fixing your boo some coffee and you rub up against my back while you fixing coffee. <laughs> I mean, it's like. <laughs> That's it. Rub it up. <laughs> hey, whoever, whoever, I hope you heard that. I hope whoever was listening heard that. Right. <laughs> I mean, you might get a little Mariah Carey out of me, a little, a little hot pitch troll on me. But I'm just saying that is definitely <laughs> that is definitely um, true for me. So, but however, I think with women, sometimes we think touch of a man, touch, they want to equate it to sex. No, it's it's not usually always like that. And it's healthy. Even babies, I'm just going to say this real quick, even our newborn babies, when that baby's delivered, we put that baby right on the skin of the mom, on the dad. And they're calmer. Right. They're, they, oh, my gosh, it, it regulates their heartbeat. It's been so many studies. So, um, in fact, we delivered three babies today, and guess where they went? Right on mama's chest. The dad cut the cord. So physical touch not only connects with spouses, but also connects with people and children. And it's definitely, um, it's beneficial. Decrease anxiety, depression, um, and stuff like that. So rub on, touch on. <laughs> rub on. Absolutely. Can I, can, I, can I say something else to that as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, also, you know, the, the skin is the largest organ on the body. And so, mm-hmm. um, when you when you have that physical touch, it it sends so many electrical impulses to the rest of the body. And actually, um, if babies do not get touched within a, a certain amount of time frame, then they can have something called failure to thrive. And so, mm-hmm. um, physical touch is something that is extremely huge. And actually, um, I, I just discovered this, but in my research about physical touch, you can um, decrease your um, your sicknesses by physical touch. So actually you create less mucus whenever mm. you have more physical touch. So if you know somebody who's snotty, that means that they may need some physical touch. Snotty? But you know what? You said a lot of truth. It's true. It's been scientifically proved. It's been proven, and um, I think I think it's a one. It's a wonderful thing, you know. And sometimes, yes, they even talk about being inappropriate, appropriate. Just like um, men of Italian descent will kiss their sons or brothers, you know, on the, on the cheek, or you know, and that might not be acceptable in, let's say. If you're from here, you know, <laughs> but let's say different cultures kiss each other on the cheek, men. But it's up, that's how they show affection and love. So for men and women, um, touching each other in public um, or, or not. So listening to what the other wants and needs, I think, Absolutely. was what I got from that chapter. It was it was really good. So, okay, that's the service you said. Pastor Burns, mm-hmm. yes. What, what is your love yes, language? Yes, ma'am. I love language. Words of affirmation. Okay. I can see that because you give that out all yeah. the time. Yeah, exactly. And that's that. what I was about to say. You can. I was going to say you can typically tell a person's love language by what they do. So mm-hmm. I am. I, as you can see, I am very the motivational person because that's mm-hmm. the, that's my oxygen. 
And so, yeah, so for me, and can I, can I back up a little bit and say something? Yeah. So the reason, the reason why love languages and understanding the love language of your partner is so important, which is the premise of the entire premise of the book, is that when you know, uh, when you, as, as people, we try to do things for our partners, and sometimes they don't, understand, they don't receive them as loving, as less being loving. They just receive them as that's what you're doing, and typically it's because um, uh, they under, it's not their language. So if I am a person, like I said, who likes words of affirmation, and you buy me gifts, that does absolutely nothing for me. As a matter of fact, I would. Mm. As a matter of fact, what it does for me is it makes me think you don't even know who I am, and it makes me think you haven't taken the time to understand what feeds me. So, so what wow. happens in a lot of relationships is people are doing people are doing what they want to be done to them to a person who that's not their love language, and then they both sit there going but I'm trying and they're not receiving me. And the other person's going, but they ain't doing nothing, and I'm trying and they're not receiving me. Well, typically what it is is, again, if we have different love languages, me affirming you is not going to help you. If It's not going to help Ebony because she wants gifts. And I'm, right. and I'm the money mentor, so I'm, fr- I'm frugal with my gifts. So now all of a sudden <laughs> we, have a, we, have an, we have an issue. So in our relationship we would have an issue if if I don't say, oh, duh, she likes gifts, and they don't have to be expensive. Let's be creative and figure and do that. And she says, "Oh, duh, he needs me to affirm them, affirm him." So she then tailors how she talks to me based upon what she knows. And so the book is trying to get us to see that in our partner, because and in ourselves. Because if we do yeah, that, absolutely. then it literally, yeah. What it what he talks about is he says that our love language is like um, uh, water going through a hose. And if we don't do it, we like if if we don't speak the right language, we literally, um, uh, like you would do at a water hose, clench it and water can't get through and the person literally suffocates. And so our marriages mm. are suffocating, our relationships are suffocating because we're speaking Spanish to somebody who don't understand Spanish and no wonder how come they don't understand what we say. Yeah. No so I that's the premise of the book and why this is so important. So I wanted to say that because I think a lot of times people look at this and say, oh, it ain't that big of a deal. No, it really is that big of a deal. Right. I just want to throw that so, out there. I have a question for you, Winfrey. So what do you say to people who don't have this book? Because, I mean, this book, I don't know how long exactly it's been out, but let's say 1955. Okay, 1985? 1995. 1995. Okay, so between that time and this time, I mean, it's definitely become more and more popular. But even before that, like, some people get it right, some people don't. But what advice what can you say to people who have never even picked up this book because there's a lot of people who's never read this book. I mean I, I had it on my bookshelf on my but I just started to take the time to read it. I think for so far it's been informative, but what do you say to those people to give them insight if they don't have you know take the test. Uh, no, I tell them take the test. If time I hear at this point um that somebody's in a new relationship, I take the test because here's why. So first of all, I I'm divorced. And um, as a person who is divorced, what I learned and what made me actually read the book was getting divorced because I couldn't understand how all of my attempts to show that I was um, loving my, 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 uh, my spouse were not being received. And so I couldn't figure out, like, 
you know, again, like why I seem like we were talking two different languages to each other. Um, and then not even so, and then not even just that, but why did I feel like um, certain things were happen- had happened in our marriage? And so through the process of that, I, that's how I stumbled on the book. And it, and it started making sense because I started remembering certain things that she had said to me that I misunderstood because, again, we were, had a different language, and so she was saying stuff to me. And I'll give one example. Um, again, me being me being cheap, um, me not doing anything. She would say, "You don't do anything for me for my birthday." And, and finally, later on, I she would say something like, "I don't need a whole lot. Just get me a balloon and a card, and I'm happy." And I'm like, "Well, that's dumb. That's not, that's dumb. It's a four dollar card that you're gonna throw away, and you know, and in two weeks. That's what I thought then." But realizing, oh, my God, that is her, her love language is gifts, and doing that says to her, even like Abby said, doing that lets her think, he took the time to think about me. He took the time mm-hmm. to know that I liked something, and he thought, and still, you know, like he took the time to go stand in the eye. No, nah, she ain't going to like this one. No, nah, I don't give her that one. No, nah, nah, not, not that one. Yeah, this is the one she liked. And write a nice little message in it. And, and and give it to her with the balloon on her day. It was all of that, and so mm-hmm. it was like, duh. So I tell anybody, if you, when, as soon as you get with somebody, as soon as you think that this is some, you know, somebody you might want to keep around, get the book because or take the test. Go online and take the test because it's gonna again help you understand um, yourself, and then help you understand why that other person is doing or what they need from you. Right. Those who are on the call, those who are listening, whether you're through the Internet or through the phone, uh, what Winfred and us are talking about, again, are the five love languages. If you do not have the book, it's okay for now. We can email you the quiz or a link to take the quiz if you are interested in it. Just send us an email at Queen Conversations. that's plural, Queen Conversations with the S, one, at gmail.com. Again, it's Queen Conversations one at gmail.com. Any point during the show, if you would like a link to this test, we would love to give it to you so that you can understand what the love languages are about. Okay. Okay. This this is this is definitely good. And you know what? Um, especially, that's, thank you for your response, Winford. I think that anytime you're investing in a relationship, there's a lot of things that you invest in, and one of them is learning that person's communication um, style and love. So I think um, Mr. Chapman did a a great job with pulling these out because it's been definitely a winner. So in what ways do you like to be expressed, love to be expressed to you? Um, We talked about all of us, I think, said how they – Give love, but how do you like it to be expressed to you? So that's, how, that's how do you use it? Some, I guess, Go ahead. Yeah, I'm trying to get a clarification no. of the question. You know what? We actually already said that because Winfrey said that he is worth of affirmation, and you said, Lee, I'm sorry, did you say what your love language was? I did, but I, I was also going to say, that um, and Winfred touched on it that you have to know your own love language first before you can even attempt to try to express someone else's love language, uh, someone you're in relationship with. What I found like um, Rob and I took this quiz when we first started dating. 
um, just to see where each other landed. And we were in two different spaces. His was physical touch, mine was quality time. And at the time, he was long distance. So, of course, I wanted quality time. When we got married, I got quality time. It was, wow, you know, we love being around each other. Like, we were stuck at the hip, at least for the first full year of marriage. But I've never been a physical touch person. So, Winford, again, he spoke about it. You know, if we try to implement our own love language to someone else, it's not going to work for them. And so because Rob's love language was physical touch and mine was not, he would touch me all the time, and it would drive me crazy because I, I like my own space. Like there are moments where I would just go to my room, close the door, and I just need a good 30 minutes or an hour of just nothingness. And Rob loved physical touch. So it, after a while it drove me crazy, but I was depleting him because I didn't like physical touch. But he was, it was pretty much a cry out for him to receive that. And so over time when we took the test again, he just mentioned that um, – his was quality time now, and mine has changed to acts of service because I work so hard. I do a lot of stuff by myself. I don't know how to ask for help, and so when someone does it for me or knows that I need help and just does it, to me that's like, oh, my gosh, like you hear my heart. So I said all that to say that things will change in the course of your relationships, and it's very good to just keep an eye or a thermometer to know where you're falling. Um, so that you can make those necessary adjustments, because it, especially in marriage, you're going to change often based on you know the needs of people. I know, I know. Me and you've had this conversation before. Um, wouldn't you agree that probably any time there is any type of quote unquote major life change, you, it'd probably be beneficial to revisit this. I mean, and when I say major life change, I'm talking about like have a baby, change job, you know, like stuff like that. That's like altering because to Leah's point, when things happen, and even you know, just over the course of being, you know, I always say around that seven to ten year range, we change, and so as we change, the language is going to change, and then it's almost like you know, I think, well, for some of us, we get so used to the pattern of where you were that sometimes we forget that you have evolved as an individual, and I got to get to know you all over again, which, by the way, is the beauty of the relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so, I mean, I think that we doing that at least on a, you know, at least an annual basis is probably good or, you know, and maybe you have somebody might say that's a little too much, but if, if it's, I think you got to just continue to always be in tune with one another um, and what each other's needs are. Well, personally, I would say between five and seven years to uh, make that reassessment. I mean, the same way that, um, you know, you have debt that's canceled every seven years. I think that that's, that's, a, that's a spiritual aspect to that where we have certain things that evolve every seven years. Every seven years, you always see some type of change. So I would say revisit it at least every five or seven years just to see what has changed because we are um, evolving creatures and once we get into a routine of something, we shift. And so um, it might change, it might not change. But just like Winfred said, there there might be some really life-changing crisis moments that may change the things that will uh, fill our love tank. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. 
All right, so, you guys. Before, the number. Before we. Oh, go ahead. Before we. Before we. Start, before we move on, uh, Pastor Rob just threw something in there real quick. <laughs> but I know you know about it. Can you hit on the love tank because, or love bank, um, love tank bank, whichever one it is. I don't think a lot of people realize how critical, you know, how that is the um, the analogy of what it looks like to practice your partner's love language. Yeah. So if you could just touch on that real quick. Okay. So um, just like everyone else had, had mentioned, uh, Dr. Chapman wrote this book to explain to us um, what love languages are and how they can fill our love tanks. He actually likens it to having a um, a tank that needs to be filled every day, just or or just like a, a car that has to have constant fuel pumped into it as it pours out. And in life, we pour out our love in our love language. And so um, we all need that replenishing from our loved ones. And so one of our the basic needs in life is to love and to be loved. And so once we pour out our love or give love to others, we want that to be filled back up with us. And so that's where our our our, um, our love languages come into play. Like, for instance, if, I, if mine is quality time, I feel the most love and the most full when I'm with my wife uninterrupted, everything is shut off, and I'm just able to um, experience her. And, just, and she doesn't even have to say a word, but just be present. That makes me feel the most love. And so all of our love languages mm-hmm. is what helps us to feel the most love, the most full, so that we can pour out love to either our spouses or someone else who may need love. Mm. And y'all heard it. Y'all heard it from the married man. Look, this is Queen's Conversation. Our phone number, if you call in, 929-477-2304, please press 1 for comments or questions. We would love to hear your thoughts um, about this topic. Also, if you have questions that you might not want to have and you might want to ask yourself, um, email it to queensconversations number one at gmail.com. That's the number one, queensconversations one at gmail. Um, to kind of piggyback off what you said, you know, it's amazing how, like you said, you can be with somebody, um, Pastor Rob, and they just give you peace because you're already going through so much hell probably on the outside when it comes to. Um, it comes from your work, um, you know, with people, blah, blah, blah. And to have a partner that gives you peace at home and love and safety so you can be, you can be open with them, you can um, say what you want and not be judged, that, that is, I believe, true love. And I know it doesn't just happen overnight, but as you get to know each other, that is, that's amazing. And it speaks volumes about Leah when you say that, because if you can you can say that you know about your wife, it it tells what type of person she is. That you just oh, have that. That's what you that. love about her. Listen, <laughs> okay. we don't have it all. We do not have it all together. Prayer works in this household. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, no, no relationship is perfect. But you know what? You know, you know what's interesting about about 
so so here's the here's the other the other half of this um, is that what I and I this is not something that's in the book. This is something that just I've observed uh, after you know ten fifteen years of studying this stuff. Is that oftentimes um, God pairs us up with somebody who is the exact opposite of us, and that their love language is the exact opposite um, of what we need. Because if you look at just even, in, and I'll use Rob and Leah, she just talked about how busy she was, and he's saying how much time he needs. And so if they're not, if they're not careful, what the enemy does is he comes in and can make her so busy that then Rob is turning around going, see, she don't love me now because she knows this is what I need and she's too busy and, you know, and can implant seeds of doubt and, you know, and insecurity and anything else to try to break, to separate, you know, them and put and move them out of covenant because, you know, again, because I think part of the, part of the thing is, is that it has to grow in us um, and that we have to yeah. develop, you know, we have to develop in, inside of ourselves the ability to say, I am married, and I know that this is what that person needs, and so I have to make sure that I am in position to give and not be in position to take. So I need Amen. to be able to give. I know, I know my wife is busy, so let me clean up. And I know she, I know my husband likes to make sure, likes quality time. So you know what? I'm not going to be so busy that you know every, for example, every Saturday night I can't just have we can't just have a date night. And so you have to do that and like. I don't say force it, but you have to make sure that that's present so you don't leave open doors for for the enemy to come in and use your love language as a as a wedge to drive you apart. Because I can guarantee you, not that they will ever do this, because if they do, I'll kill them both. Um, but left alone, left alone for too long, before we suffocate, we will go and find air someplace else. Mm. And that's just the truth. That's just yeah. the truth, and so yeah. and so you know we have to be careful that that we don't do that and put our partners in that position because again, if we don't if we don't know that's one thing. Now it's not really an excuse, but you know if we don't if we still cannot put our partners in that position because if we're together, part of my responsibility is to cover you. Yeah, that's true. That is. Hey, hey, can I can I piggyback okay. on that real quick? Yeah. Um, actually, Dr. Chapman does speak on that when he says that um, he says that most times what's on what's a one for one person may be a five for for the other. So it's like they, it's like God pairs these two opposites together, and and so it's like He pulls these parts out of us that that the other. It's very rare that you find two people who are in a committed relationship with one another have the same exact um, um, love languages. Very rare, hmm. and so um, so I think that 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 that's, that's extremely true. Um, but the enemy uses that to push a wedge between the two. And it is important for the couples to be intentional with what they do. because, And that, that's another premise of the book, because he explains that in the first two years that I'm in love, 
grass is greener, the sky is bluer, and the road, the mm-hmm. roses are redder. That is that only lasts for about two years at the most. And once that euphoria uh, euphoria goes out goes out the window, then you have that's when you find the real love because love is really a decision. It's more than a feeling. Mm-hmm. And so once you get past the feeling of the love, then you learn how to love intentionally. Because when you look at the love of Christ, you know, of course, I'm a pastor. I'm going to bring up the love of Christ. When you look at the love of Christ, mm-hmm. the love of the Father, he did it intentionally. And so if we are intentional in our relationships, then our relationships will be a lot fuller and a lot more healthy if we learn how to love the other person, the, the way the other person wants to be loved. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Pastor Rob, can I pray that my future husband at least give me 30% physical touch? Rob me the right way. I don't think you did. I'm telling you, all you got to do is teach them. Listen, we are, yeah. we are very, we are teachable. So even if it's not, there that these can do, I mean, really, to teach us, what, and that's really just, okay, so I'm going I'm I'm to give a secret away. The best, the, all you got to do is really, when we do what's right, language. So if he's, if he's listen, I'm going to use my, an example. If, okay. if mine is words of affirmation and you like to, and I touch you the right way, all you got to do is tell me, you know what, when you do such, when you touch me like that, that blah, 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 what do you know what I mean? Affirm <laughs> what I just did because in my mind I'm going to equate what I did got X, got this response, and I like that response, so I'm going to keep doing it. Wow. Okay. Yes. Because we, we are we are, we are products of um, positive reinforcement. If we get yes. more positive reinforcement, we're going to continue doing yes. it. Yes. Going to perform. We're yes. going to perform better. Yeah. The, the more positive reinforcement we get, the more we're going to perform. Yes. Okay. Well, definitely. Okay. All right, well. ladies, listen up now. That you can say it now. Yes. We're taking notes. They're gonna do it more now. We're we're definitely taking notes. Okay. So I have somebody who texts me some questions. They're a little too afraid to call in, but they text me this question. It says, what does commitment look like to you? And the second question is, is infidelity a deal breaker? Relationship, 
per se, um, that's the only person who you are with exclusively. Um, and so I'm going to just leave it there. Can I, can okay. I interject real quick? Yes. Pastor yes. Okay, he said give, you know, give your spouse your heart. Um, I know I've mentioned this in another show. I believe that God designed us to give God our heart and give people our love. That protects your heart because your heart is easily broken by people breaking their promises, things going awry. I believe that you should give people your love. Good. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. I can roll with that. Okay. So, I, first of all, let me say I think this answer is going to be is going to be different for every person based upon again, in part based upon their language. But I think if I was going to give an overall message, I would say that that commitment. First of all, commitment looks like trust. Uh, it looks like being with somebody who you trust, who um who you can be completely transparent with about anything and know that they are that they have your um that they have your best interest at heart. The other part of it, and here's another thing I think that we miss, is that about in a marriage relationship or even even if you're dating and getting to the point of marriage, that you have a clear vision of who the other person is, yes. what their purpose and their destiny is and how God has assigned you to their life to fulfill their purpose and their destiny, not yours. Mm. So again, Come it goes now. back to the word giving. So you can, if you are in a, if you are committing to somebody or thinking that you want to be committed to somebody because of what they can give to you or do for you, that's not that's not that's not right. That's perverted. Let me say that, and that's not what it's about. Mm. It's about what can I give to this person. Um, and what can what can I what is my job? Am I supposed to be there to pray for them? Am I supposed to be there to do you know X Y and Z? Um, but I think again it goes back to giving. It goes back to vision. It goes back to um, yeah trust. Like if I can't trust you with my deepest and darkest secrets, we can't be committed. We, we just can't. Because again, and especially with somebody like myself, whose words is words of affirmation. You wrong thing to me. I might not talk to you for two years. And that's just the that's, mm. that's why I, that's why I, that's just look that's just me because again words mm-hmm. mean something to me so because words mean something to me I take them very seriously yeah okay thank and you it, that is it's, it's also about being safe being safe in your relationship yeah yeah um if both and let me say this both men and women need to be safe in their relationships it's not. A lot of times yes. we think that the woman yes. needs to be safe in the relationship, but men also yes. need to feel safe in the relationship because yep. a lot of us, we don't trust. We just do not trust. And so when we finally get to a place where we can trust and express our, our true feelings versus hiding in the cave, which is what we're used to doing, then yep. that really means that, that we are safe enough to, to share ourselves with it. And to be in that if you get a man who talks to you about uh, and who's willing to who like show emotion and cry in front of you, don't mess that up. Preach, mm-hmm. rapper. Don't mess it up. <laughs> I'm telling you, because 
because yeah, if you seriously, and I'm, I'm not being yeah. funny, you got thir- you got yeah. however many years of, of this man being told that emotion is bad, and now he feels safe enough to be emotional with you, and you affirm that emotion is bad. He's done. You might you might not ever get him back. Just like, and this is saying again, that's not just a male thing. That's a, a, a individual thing, but especially for men when it comes to emotion. I'm sorry, Ebony. I think I cut you off. Oh, no, no, no. No, you good. Mm. You were fine. Um, I was just going to to just in, just piggyback off of what you were saying, and how oftentimes um, uh, women, it's like it, it, right now in our culture, we we were so used to being. You know the doormats. So now it's like we've been put on this pedestal, and it's like cool now for a woman to have an attitude or for a woman to be crazy and to go off on her man. And what we don't realize is that when this man has come into our life, that God has given us a gift. A man who decides to be vulnerable with his woman—that's a gift that He's given us. It's a, a gem mm-hmm. that He's allowed us to see that vulnerability. And when we don't treat it as the gift that it is. That's so damaging to the relationship and to who he is, uh, and it all goes back to who. <clears throat> excuse me. It all goes back to um, what you were saying earlier when you when you said, <clears throat> "When I'm coming into this relationship, am I coming in to see what you can give me, what I can get out of you, or am I entering into this relationship trying to to see how I can support you and who God has called you to be? Am I coming to this relationship to be an asset to?" Um, your purpose, um, am I feeding into that or am I taking away? So a woman who has, and a man too, but especially for men, when you expose yourself and you've made yourself vulnerable to a woman, um, she has to treat that special. And so uh, I think that's why the words of affirmation, you know, that's a, such a powerful one. I've seen that one just in my personal life with my friends. And when that when that particular area is damaged, it's really hard for a man to trust that woman with his heart again. If he's going to yeah. think twice. He's going to think five times before he makes himself vulnerable with her again because you he's exposed the most sensitive part of who he is. And if he's a manly man, if, especially if he's an alpha man, that's not going to happen too many times. He's not going to let you talk crazy to him too many times. He's not going to let you abuse that vulnerability or damage it. So that's something that, you know, as women, uh, we really have to be careful and we really have to pay attention to that. Yeah. Right. That's, that's definitely true. Now, to kind of piggyback on what both Winford and um, Rob said, I will say that, I'm learning myself, you know, you definitely have to match your, in a relationship, your purpose over your preference because what might not be good for you might be okay for you in Chapter 3 of your life, might not be okay for you in Chapter 6. And I was really of your life. So really matching up when you were saying about your purpose and how you're going to serve them. Do your purposes match up? And that's where the commitment lies. You know, I'm committed to you because I know who you are. I know who I am, number one. And we know each other's purposes. And, of course, love and, and attraction and all that comes. But do our purposes match up? Not necessarily our preferences because it fades, you know. Um, and it's sometimes you need a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, and especially now, I know I know with, uh, with people like myself and Rob, especially being in ministry, I, I, feel, I, I think it's fun. But I've actually, like, 
had women not want to date me because I'm a minister, and that's fine. I'm totally okay with that. And I've actually not wanted to date women because I knew they didn't fit into where I was trying to go in ministry. You know, and so I think we have to be honest about it. That listen, just because you're a good person doesn't mean you're the person for me. And you could just be a really good friend, and that's okay too. Um, because, you know, again, you have a place that you need to go, and you as an individual um, understand your weaknesses. So once you get to the point where you understand uh, your weaknesses and your blind spot, you know as, uh, that the person who God designed for you is going to be able to cover those. Because I don't, you can't see everything, male or female, you can't see everything. Um, you can't, you know, um, you can't be secure, guard everything. So you need somebody to say, hold on, everybody watch out. Um, such and such is just about to happen. Be careful. You know, you need that in your life because the better that other person is at protecting you, um, the easier it's going to be. And, again, it doesn't mean that the, the, the full brunt of protection is on the other person. But um, but you need that. That's that's part of your that's part of what you signed up for. Yes. Mm. That's true. That's true. Okay, part two of this question is, is infidelity, infidelity, excuse me, a deal breaker? All right, we're going to start. Who who want to take this one on first? Mm-hmm. I don't, I'll say, okay, I can answer, again, I, I can answer that. For me, for me, it depends. Um, it depends on what the infidelity was. Um, it depends on, you know, what the scenario said. You know what I mean? Like, it really depends because um, if I can see my – I think, first of all, if I can see my fault or my – um, what's the word I want to look at? If I can see where I played a part in, you know, in this, and uh, I mean, like, if y'all dating for like six years, or I walk into my house and I see y'all, you know, doing, yeah, no, nah, uh-uh, it ain't gonna happen, player. But you know, if it was, you know, yeah, if I can see it, and it, yeah, it just really just depends. Um, but it's not always a deal breaker uh, for me. For me, it's not. But that's gonna be different for each person. Again, it's well, more of a deal breaker. You talk, you talk crazy to me the wrong way. That's more of a deal breaker than, than, <laughs> than that. Right. I'm just being. That's just me. That's just me. That's me. Words like matter. What's the words matter, sir? Words I matter. <laughs> words matter. You know that is so. It is. It's so individualized. It's so specific. And there's a lot of people that have been healed after infidelity. And that have had stronger marriages afterwards because I'm telling you, it's a, it's a different, I'm pretty sure it's a different type of forgiveness. I can't speak on it. I've never, you know, I'm not married um, at this time. And I've, you know, but just talking with people um, as a single person and going into a relationship, that is definitely something that, um, <laughs> that makes me want to hum. <laughs> You did what? My head to the side, you know, what, what's good? Um, but those are things that come up because grandpa and grandpa have been married for 45 years. Do we, was he 100% faithful? They, we celebrate an anniversary, but yes, have they overcame things that happened? And, and, and grandma's there still smiling. She's still stirring the collard greens. It's all good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Mrs. Jones, you know, they we got to think. I mean, however, I think things can heal, but 
I've, this is my personal view. I've always felt like women have always um, more so than men have forgiven versus if, if a woman steps out on her husband. Um, the, the, most of the men that I've talked to who have been married or not have said that would be very tough to forgive um, because, you know, men could just, it can just be a lustful thing, and they still might love their wife or partner, or whatever. But right. for them, for them, for women to step out, um, you know. Can I? Yeah, can I? What do y'all think about first it? First of all, before y'all continue, um, I'm gonna let you finish, but in my Kanye voice. <laughs> I think we need to do a part two to love and relationships because when you start talking about infidelity, there are a lot of factors that come into play about the reasons why um, and why people would stay and why people won't. The last thing I would do is judge anyone who chooses to stay or chooses to leave. I think this is one of the most asked questions in relationships. Do I stay or do I go? And the only point of reference I would say is if you feel like you can't stay, don't. If you feel that you can, do it and don't judge others who choose to stay or choose to go because biblically, if there is infidelity in a marriage covenant, then that is a reason to go. But we said there may be, you know, other factors that are involved. So I would say just search your own heart. Don't look for everybody else's opinion about it. If that's your motive and your move, make your own move. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Leah, that was that was a good segue for you to get on that. That was good. Very good. Very good. That's my boo. That's my boo. I know you're, in, you're trying to end this part, but let me, I'm, let me say that one more time. I think you really realize if you choose to stay, then that's fine. If you choose to leave, mm-hmm. it's fine. The one thing that I think that can I, de- I want to debunk this is if you choose to leave um, or if you choose to, like, you're not stupid if you stay and God don't hate you if you leave. Come on now. Like, you're not, you know. All so right. Let's just, let's, let me throw that out there because it's often very say, difficult. Say that again, Winfrey. Say that again. You're not stupid if you stay, and God's not mad at you if you leave. Hmm. Yeah, I think a lot. I think there's a lot of guilt that's associated. Yeah, there's a lot of a, a guilt that's associated with either choice, and I think that a lot of the guilt is based upon um, the opinions of others or the bad doctrine that some people have been taught. And so, you know, and because as a pastor, first of all, you really it's very rare that we're supposed to tell. That's why I said Rob's an actual pastor. He can't say this, but I can say it. They didn't invite me to say church, no way. So, um, but if you leave, it's okay. You're fine. God's still gonna love you. You're still gonna be favored. You know, all that stuff's still there. You're still blessed in the city and all that good stuff. If you choose to stay, <laughs> I, I'm not, I mean, seriously, like we, there is a scarlet, there is a scarlet letter on for people who are divorced or for people who stay, and and that's not fair. So I just want to throw that out. I know we transitioned to another topic, but I just need to throw that out. Yeah, because it's caught up in legalism. It's caught up in legalism, and it's not about health. If there is an unhealthy relationship, and this is what I was going to say, if there is an unhealthy relationship and there is nothing that can be done to save that, then it was doomed before the infidelity happened anyway. So um, the infidelity was just an out. And so just because it says in the Bible that you can – Write a divorce certificate when someone steps out on you. That does not just mean automatically step out on you. It it just means that 
you have that out, and it is your choice. It is your choice. And so um, that's all I have to say to that. I'm done. We can move on. Okay. You know what? I, I would love to keep going on this, um, but we, we'll, we'll move on. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please, if you have a question or comment, um, please press number one. Don't be scared. <laughs> we don't bite. We welcome comments and questions. So um, please press the number one if you are on the line. Uh, the number is 929-477-2304. Okay, so this is back to the men. A question for you guys. When does a man know that she is the one? I'm going to start with you, Winford. When does a man know that she is the one? Uh, Again, different different for each person. Um, I think that's a hard question to answer because again, it's going to be different. But again, here's the here's the things that I think that men look for. Men look for does she can I trust her with my money? Can I <laughs> trust her with my can I trust her with my secrets? Mm. And does she really value me? When I say value, I mean does she really believe that I am the greatest man in the world? If you can, if we can trust you with those two things and we see that you see us in a way that makes us feel bigger than life, you can pretty much, you can pretty much get us. You know, we can, but again, there's some other things to it because we've got to be, as a man, we've got to be um, physically attracted to you. You know, because as a man, if we're not first physically attracted to you, I don't, I don't, I don't care how it's going, it's just going, everything else, it's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. We're, we're visual creatures. But with those three things specifically, those have to be there. I got to be able to trust you with my money. I got to be able to trust you with my secrets, and I got to be able to trust you. Really, I got to be able to trust you with my future. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. What about you, Pastor Rob? Um, for me, uh, I I knew almost immediately, um, but then I was looking for um, confirmation throughout the the, the process of, of getting to know Leah on a personal level. Um, and and this is what I've learned from most men is that men will put women in certain categories. Um, they're the one category will be one I can bring home to mama. Another one can be uh, uh, freak of the week. Another one can be um, someone who who is a good friend, who's caught up in the friend zone. And so a lot of times we put women in, in categories. And so for me it was when I knew that I didn't have to run any game or try to be somebody that I wasn't, and was just able to be me, then that's when I knew this is someone who I, I could spend the rest of my life with. And it, it, it's really not a certain formula that a woman can do, but just be who she is, and that will match with whatever the man is and whatever he needs. And so it, it, whatever a man needs, it will, it will exude from um, – the woman who is connected with, and he knows that that she's in. So, to, so to use a to use a biblical reference, um, Boaz was 
doing what he did. Like he was running his business when he looks up and sees and sees this woman who he thought looked looked good and was working hard. So she was living in purpose and on purpose. He saw that she was diligent in what she was doing. He saw that she was pleasing to his eyes. And he said, okay, i got to get to know her. We will see you. Like, if you do, like, Chris just said, I'm not, I'm not one of them, man, find a wife, you know, don't, or excuse me, don't ever say nothing to a man type people. I do think that, that people will see you as people in purpose doing what they do. You will see each other. Hmm. No. Your phone is breaking up a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. I said when, I said when when you're doing what you do, I say you'll know. We'll know. Mm. Yeah, and it and it's who brings out the best the best out of them. If if you bring the best out of a man, and helps him to assert the king in him and then he affirms the queen in her, then it's it's a a power team. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to speak for the single women because sometimes, you know, a man will be with someone who is – good for them or they love them and everything and things don't come out do like they it doesn't come out how they expect to and then they realize after they lost her and she's moved on like you know now they we coming out with songs like Joe got a song I wish I could have you back <laughs> if I could turn back the end of time uh, you know since I lost my baby by Luther Vandross <laughs> so it's like um, yes um when you know, you know. And I think for women, too, um, that's, it speaks the same. And it seems that's the common foundation, what you and Winfrey said, the common foundation, even though y'all spoke in two different little things, um, is that, you know, your heart knows. And you have trust and faith in that person. So, um, and she's living within purpose, that woman. She's living within purpose, so that's good. Okay, now um, I have – I know we're kind of have like 10 more minutes. I have another question that was um, sent to me, or I can I can throw this out there. What happens after the honeymoon phase and you realize you care deeply um, about your significant other, but you're not really compatible, or you guys lack common interests? What – what do you do? That's a good question. <clears throat> I think um, speaking for our marriage, not to throw ourselves under the bus or anything, but, hey, I'm going to be honest, I think every relationship and every marriage takes its natural course. It's, I hate to say it's a roller coaster, but it is a ride. It's a journey. And so one month you may like to do one particular thing together, and the next month is, oh, my gosh, I may be bored with doing this thing. Um, and that's why it's so important to die daily, die to your idea, die to what you think about that person, because in a day's time, that person can change. Their perspectives can change. The way they 
you know, interact or do things can change. And so I've learned um, because I was that one that was more concerned about what I preferred than what my purpose was when I got ready to get married. Like our story is not the typical uh, um, Romeo and Juliet story in the least bit. It was, you know, man meets girl, man I knew wanted to be married, girl wanted Mm -hmm. to be married, but girl still wasn't thinking that the man was it for her. So she ran and ran and ran and ran and ran into brick walls every single time until Jesus himself said, girl, quit praying. <laughs> stop it. Take, take it or leave it. Like, stop it. And so, again, I, I didn't have that, you know, love bug, oh, my God, I can't stand to not be under him type thing. But I knew that he was perfect for me. And now that we're married, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. Awesome, awesome thing. So, you know, you will have those times where we may not be feeling each other in the moment, but it's a moment. You got to let the moment pass and go through the moment. Don't get stuck in it. And that's why the reconnections are so important. So you won't always want to do the same things, and it's not necessary that you be compatible on, um, like, recreational things. And, you know, but when you reconnect with your spouse, or with your partner, when you reconnect, it's that time where everything you share, the love you share, the dreams you share, the who you are as a person. Um, we, I think in our, our culture, we often uh, get caught up on uh, things that, not to say that they're, they're superficial, because I believe that that's important, but we lose, we lose focus on the, the foundational things, um, the love, the commitment, uh, the sacrifice, um, you know the care we lose we lose focus on those things, and um we put value on uh what's not there you know we we're not focusing on what is so when you do reconnect when you do decide you know every Friday we're gonna have a our, our date night that's gonna be our date night, you know we may not be compatible on recreational things Monday through Thursday, but on Friday night, this is our time. This is about us. We're focusing on our relationship. I'm here to, to affirm him, to build him up, and he's doing the same thing for me. Um, so you can appreciate those times when you're apart more, and then when you're looking more forward to the time when you're together. So a lot of it is focus, you know, focus and concentrating on, you know, the good, the value, the um, who God created that man to be in your life or that woman. Amen. Amen. Um, I, I want to I want to say this. Um, there there was a study about couples or with couples, and they found that sixty percent of couples feel like they are more roommates instead of spouses. And that was after the two year phase where where the euphoria of the relationship and the in love stage is worn off. So going back to the the um, the notion that that feeling of being in love in a honeymoon phase, it only lasts for a season. And then after that, you have to be intentional with how you love your spouse and what you do to express that love. So once again, going back to the five love languages, finding out what their love language is and then learn to speak that language, not necessarily scream your own language, but learn to speak their language. And then the second thing would be to Define what is your vision for your marriage. A lot of marriages cannot run because they don't have a vision. And so mm. if you have a vision 
and have a focus for why you exist, then you can focus on that purpose because every marriage is a ministry. You don't have to have the title behind your name or anything, but marriage is a ministry so that everyone can see what Christ did for the church. And what he did for the church is he died for the church so that the church can live. And so what are you willing to do to die to your own ideas and your own ideology so that the relationship can live? And then have a value-driven marriage. What are the values that you have? And then let that be the common ground versus what you feel and what you want. Let me piggyback off of you, Pastor Rob. Um, I don't. I can't remember if it was this book or a different one that talks about limerence, where it's the feeling of infatuation, the butterflies in the stomach feeling, the feeling that I love. I'm in love with this person. Um, I mean, you could read one study and it'll say that it's all chemical based. You know, that over time it'll, you know, eventually pass. Uh, one thing, you know, I, I want to really just, as a woman, just really hone in on what Pastor Rob just said and an idea of that limerence that we all, you know, look forward to. We grow up reading fairy tales and uh reading all these stories about love and really the the whole the whole intentionality of love is that you choose every day to love this man. It's not about feelings, it's not about infatuation. Those are all a result of how much you feed that relationship. You know, the positive feelings you get Uh, It's all about how you intentionally every day decide that you're going to um, work towards your marriage and and support this man and make his life better and be an asset to him. Um, See, every single day, how can I make his life better? Every single day, what can I do uh, to add value to his experience? You know, he's going out into the world. He's fighting the world. He's fighting all the things that's out there. What can I do to make his life better? You know, when we start focusing Uh on feelings and, and, and those types of things, we can often get distracted. So I just wanted to piggyback you know, off of what you just said and just speak to just that foundation and just making sure we stay focused on um, you know, the true foundation of what love actually is. Okay. Well, you know what? Let me, can, I add, are... can I add one more thing? Can I add one more okay, thing? Okay, we've got to do a quick wrap-up. Okay. Well, y'all go ahead. We'll, we'll do a part. No, Wilfred, go ahead. No, no, Wilfred, go. Okay, go, okay. go. Okay, so here's what I was going to say. The one thing I would add to that is what what Rob was saying is to take it down another level, and that is find something that you can build together. So set a goal. So whether that goal could be um, we want to pay off all of our debt, and you say, okay, our goal for the next year is going to pay off our debt, and then y'all sit there and figure out how y'all going to do it. The reason you want to do something like that is because the art of team building helps you build uh, helps you work together, and what in the process what it does is it reignites the creativity that you had in the beginning of your relationship. And when that creativity is, is uh, ignited, then those same uh, feelings of love, it makes it easier for them to come back because now you're given mm-hmm. an opportunity to see them in action. And what happens typically is you remember what it was about that person that you fell in love with in the first place. Oh, that's that's good. So true. That's good. Definitely um, finances. Okay, so you guys, we are going to have to do part two of Love Languages, okay? And the Love Edition, it will be on February 23rd. So we're going to have to do a part two. But real quick, okay, this is the last question that people want to know. Rapid fire, you guys. Name three things that attract a man 
No, sorry. I'm reading this thing wrong. Sorry. Attract a woman to a man. <laughs> yeah, attract a woman to a man. I'm sorry. I need three three things that really attract a woman to a man. <laughs> I, I read it wrong. I'm like, oh, this is twisting no, around. No, I read it wrong. <laughs> so it's okay. a question for the man. What attracts you? What three things attracts you? And I know kind of they already spoke. Some of them already spoke on a little bit. You said that attracts uh, that we are attracted to women. Correct. Uh, oh, I already I put it on the post. Um, I want somebody again. Trust. Um, what did I say? I want somebody who's trustworthy. I want somebody who is. What was the word? I forgot what I said. I know I said I want. You got to be freaky. That's what I said. I know that was. All right. But you can't listen. I can't. I, I listen. He said the marriage bed is undefiled. Quit playing with me. Um, so you got to be there. And I think the third thing I said is, is I've got to feel, again, there's got to be um, a level of um, security. Okay, we got one minute. Okay. Yeah, 30 seconds. Fun, affectionate. Okay, you guys. Thank you, guys. You said fun and affectionate? Safety, fun, and affection. Okay, awesome, awesome. You guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Queen's Conversation. Tune in next next Thursday, February 23rd at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye. Thank y'all. Bye. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Try to keep a face, girl. I can see the finish line. But it's one I was First plans. I didn't get so far behind. It feels like I've been running for miles, and I ain't getting nowhere. It's like no matter what I say or do, girl, it's like you don't really care.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.